Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning and welcome to Manna for Breakfast. It is the 20 fifth today sneaks those in there on me when i haven't really scheduled them on this automatic we are um again enjoying a nice cool morning here i suppose that may sound redundant uh, i'm sure it does to you but it's always a surprise to me in the springtime every morning i wake up and it's cool it was 62 when i woke up now it's just climbed up to about 79 already climbing up rapidly in the morning, normally it's 67 around this time. It's almost 70 degrees now. And the low last night was 60. It's been down 50, 57, 56. So it's creeping up a, a little bit, but we're enjoying it. Having a wonderful, had a wonderful day yesterday. Just couldn't couldn't beat the weather. And sat outside last night, able to do that. Hopefully you guys can do that now. Snow's melting up north, I would assume. Although... Colorado and I guess it's still snowing a lot of places isn't it I never never am quite aware of how much snow and how late it snows in many different areas but that being said let's look over at some of the things we see in history um this day in trivia goofy stuff uh, Salem witch trial March 25th 1692 Sarah Good and a female slave are convicted of witchcraft and sent to jail. Sarah was later hanged, and the slave was eventually pardoned. In the following months, 19 others would be executed of witchcraft. Wow. Here's here's one that I read last year. I remember it just it shows the kind of people we get in Washington. I, I still have a hard time believing this one. March 25th, 2010. There was a hearing uh, of the uh, House Armed Service Committee about the U.S. military installation on the island of Guam. And a congressman, Hank Johnson, concerned, uh, I mean, he, he expressed his concern that with so many people moving to Guam, that the whole island would become so overly populated that it might flip over and capsize. Yes, he actually said that. He expressed that in the committee meeting, to which Admiral Robert F. Willard replied, I don't anticipate that. Help us. God, help us with those that we send to Washington. Dave Thomas gets his GED, the 60-year-old founder of Wendy's Hamburger Chain. High school dropout, Dave Dave Thomas passes the general education development exam, (laughs) gets an honorary diploma at 60 voted him the most likely to succeed. (laughs) That one I like. And slavery is outlawed by the British Parliament in 1807 on this date. And with that, we will... Oh, no, got to do a dad joke. Got to do a dad joke here. I'm starting a flight company exclusively for bald pilots. I'll call it receding airlines. Did you hear about did you hear about the cheese that's been working out? D 
dude's shredded, man. <laughs> uh -huh. That was bad. Okay, let's start over into the word this morning. As I mentioned, we are in Numbers 29. If you can find your place, Numbers 29. Father, thank you for this morning. We ask you to guide and direct us as we spend this time with you. Thank you that we have the ability to come here and uh, just drink in your word or eat your word. Take it in. Let it transform us. Help us to understand it, God, and see all the things you wish for us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Numbers 29, offering of the seventh month. Now in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall also have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. It will be to you a day of blowing trumpets. You shall offer a burnt offering as a soothing aroma to the Lord, one bull, one ram, one um, and seven male lambs, and one year old without defect. Also their grain offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for a bull, two-tenths for a ram, one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Offer one male goat for a sin offering, to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offering of the new moon and its grain offerings, the continual burnt offering and the grain offerings and their drink offerings according to their ordinance for a soothing aroma and offering by fire to the Lord. Then on the tenth day of the seventh month you shall have a holy convocation and you shall humble yourselves. You shall do no work. You shall present a burnt offering to the Lord as a soothing aroma. One bull, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old, having them without defect, and their grain offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for, for the bull, two-tenths for one ram, one-tenth for each of the seven lambs, one male goat for a sin offering, besides the sin offering of atonement, and the continual burnt offering, and its grain offering, and the drink offering. Then on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. And you shall observe a feast to the Lord for seven days. You shall present a burnt offering, an offering by fire as a soothing aroma to the Lord. Thirteen bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs, one-year-old, each without defect. Fourteen, and their grain offerings, fine mixed flour with oil. Three-tenths of an ephah for each of the thirteen bulls. Two-tenths for each of the two rams. A tenth for each of the fourteen lambs. One male goat for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offerings, a grain offering, and a drink offering. 17. Then on the second day, 12 bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect, and their grain offering, and their drink offering for the bulls, and the rams, and for the lambs, and by their number, according to their ordinance, one male goat for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offering, and its grain offering, and their drink offering. Then on the third day, 11 bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect and their grain offering and their drink offering for the bulls and for the rams and for the lambs by their number according to the ordinance. And one male goat for a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering and its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the fourth day, 10 bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect, their grain offering and their drink offering for the bulls for the rams and for the lambs by their number according to the ordinance. Verse 25. And one male goat for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. Then on the fifth day, nine bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect, 
and their grain offering and their drink offering for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs by their number according to the ordinance. And one male goat for a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering and its grain offering and its drink offering. Then on the sixth day, eight bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect, and their grain offering and their drink offering for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs by their number according to the ordinance. And one male goat for a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering, its grain offerings, and its drink offerings. Then on the seventh day, seven bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, one year old without defect, and their grain offering and their drink offering for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs by their number according to their ordinances, and one male goat for a sin offering besides the continual burnt offering, its grain offering, and its drink offering. On the eighth day, you shall have a solemn assembly. You shall do no laborious work. But you shall present a burnt offering, an offering by fire, as a soothing aroma to the Lord, one bull, one ram, seven male lambs, one year old without defect, their grain offering and their drink offering for the bull, for the ram and for the lamb, by their number, according to the ordinance, and one male goat for a sin offering, besides the continual burnt offering and its grain offering and its drink offering. You shall present these to the Lord, at the appointed time, besides your votive offering and your free will offering, and your burnt offerings and your grain offerings and your drink offerings, and for your peace offerings, Moses spoke to the sons of Israel in accordance with all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Chapter thirty: The Law of Moses or the Law of Vows. Then Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the sons of Israel, saying, "This is the word which the Lord has commanded: If a man makes a vow to the Lord and takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation. He shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Also, if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by an obligation to her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and her obligation by which she has bound herself, and her father says nothing to her, then all her vows shall stand, and every obligation by which she has bound herself shall stand. But If her father should forbid her on the day he hears of it, none of her vows or her obligations by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will forgive her because her father had forbidden her. However, if she should marry while under her vows or the rash statement of her lips by which she has bound herself, and her husband hears of it and says nothing to her on the day he hears it, Then her vows shall stand, and her obligations by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if on the day her husband hears of it, he forbids her, then he shall annul her vow, which she is under the rash statement of her lips, by which she has bound herself, and the Lord will forgive her. But the vow of the widow or the divorced woman, and everything by which she has bound herself, shall stand against her. However, if she vowed in her husband's house, or bound herself by obligation with an oath, and her husband heard it, but said nothing to her and did not forbid her, then all her vows shall stand, and every obligation by which she bound herself shall stand. But if her husband indeed annuls them on the day he hears them, then whatever proceeds out of her lips concerning her vows and concerning the obligation of herself shall not stand. Her husband has annulled them, and the Lord will forgive her. 
but every vow and every binding oath to humble herself, her husband may confirm it, her husband may annul it. But if her husband indeed says nothing to her from day to day, then he confirms all her vows or all her obligations, which are hers. He has confirmed them because he said nothing to her on the day he heard them. But if he indeed annuls them after he has heard them, then he shall bear her guilt. These are the statutes which the Lord commanded Moses as between a man and his wife and as between a father and his daughter while she is in her youth in her father's house. Well, there we go. We'll stop there and look at some of these very, very interesting things. The interesting ceremonies and different feasts, they're, they're basically told to celebrate three feasts, three different feasts. Lord really loves... He loves his people to rest, celebrate, eat food, be together, and and worship him. And the feasts were given as a blessing, not as a burden. They would bring the feast, and you see all these animals and all these sacrifices. But what are they going to do with them? They only sacrifice a part of them. A few, they would, whole burnt offerings were offered, yes. But the majority of them, only a portion would go to the priest. The rest were given back to the people to have a party with. They would have their carne asadas. They would bring the family together and their extended family, and they would eat, and they would joyously celebrate the Lord and and thank him. So you have the Day of Atonement. um, You have the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, Tabernacles. You have these different feasts that are going on. And what's uh, fascinating about this, if you take the time, let your curiosity guide you when you read the Bible. Don't be afraid to ask questions and ask a lot of questions. For instance, most of us know the Bible is real big on the number 7, real big on the number 12, even 14 because you double 7. Very big on certain numbers, you know, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, seven days, the, the, and we see seven this, seven lambs, seven bulls, and, and then double that 14, and different, different things like that. And that's very biblical, and it's used throughout the Bible. God likes those numbers. We even know eight is the number of new beginnings, the last thing they celebrate uh, at the end of the feast, on the eighth day. They have great celebration. We're going to cover that in a minute. But what I found interesting reading through this the first time when we were going through numbers was the number 13. Because all of a sudden, out of the blue, we see there's 13 bulls to be offered on this day and 13 bulls on this day. And I go, wait, 13 is not a number I normally hear when you read through the Old Testament. That's a bit odd. I wonder why. So I started doing a little digging around and research and then, um, then God for good search engines and I started looking around and found very interesting um, comments made by um, Derek Gilbert who wrote a book called um, what's his book that I just wrote The Clash of the Titans a book I read I liked it thought it was very good and he came up with this very interesting he noticed this too he said well 13, when you add that to the other, when you take all those sacrifices, what, what they're basically doing when you, on each of these days, you have 13 plus another 12, of, say, of the rams, another 11 of whatever, the, whatever that was, 10 plus 9 plus 8 plus 7. He adds up all, all of those sacrifices that we just read in that chapter, 29. 
on each day, and they all added together equal 70. And this is intriguing because there was 70 lambs for the 70 gods of the city called Emar. This was in Canaan, in the northern part of Syria. They, they were sacrificed during the festival the first month of their moon god, the, the, the god Dagon. And uh, this seems to be, God often did this when he go into Canaan. Remember, they moved to different mountains and God claims essentially authority, dominance, power over the local gods that they believe dominated those areas. Moses being buried up on Mount Nebo, again, reflective of God taking authority over those gods there. The same thing may be going on with these with these celebrations. As they go into the land of Canaan, the people, the Canaanites, actually believed in the number 70, and they believed there were 70 lambs for these 70 gods that they worshipped. Now, they had two main gods, the god Dagon, and later known as Kronos, and he was the lord of the dead. And they also had a creator god, El, just like Elohim, El, because they come from the same, basically, fam- language, family, Semitic language. And he had 70 sons. So the creator god El had 70 sons also. That was their belief. And where did these gods live? On Mount Hermon. Where's Mount Hermon? That is up in the Bashan. That is the area that we believe where Jesus went up and said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And Peter said, you are the the Christ, the son of living God. He said, against that statement that I'm the Christ, the gates of hell will not prevail. And it was right there at the base of Mount Hermon that these Canaanites believed was the entrance to the underworld, where that was where this Dagon god, or Kronos, he controlled the underworld. So it's possible, this author suggests, that the festival of the Israelites was intended as a message to these small g gods, these little gods around Canaan, that those sons of these gods that had they believe were on Mount Hermon, were now subject to Yahweh's power. They no longer had the the power. Dagon no longer was in charge. El was no longer in charge. Um, or, he says, it was simply to com- commemorate Israel's rescue from the gods of the 70 nations. We have this idea of 70 nations being established in the book of Genesis. And God allowed each one of these fallen ones because they didn't want to follow after Yahweh. So he allowed each one of these 70, 70 nations to have their own God, their own fallen angel God. And this is to the remind the Yahweh's people that they were separate from all of them. So anyway, I bring all this up. This sounds deep, or maybe overly detailed, but it's fascinating that when you have these sacrifices going on in the land of Israel with these specific numbers, God deals in numbers to represent things. And whenever you're dealing with wars or sacrifices, when you're dealing with worship, there is always a deep spiritual component to it. And they're dealing with a land. They're going in to liberate a land from their demons, from their fallen ones. They were, this land was a stronghold of the enemy, so to speak. So there you go with the uh, some suggestions 
on that, on the, those feasts. during. But on the eighth day, they would have this solemn assembling. And this is so good that this came up because I was searching like crazy, if you remember, trying to remember what we read in the New Testament about Jesus standing up and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come after me. And I was going, I know this relates to the feast and a certain celebration on how the and how they celebrated it, but I couldn't remember the details. So God brought me the details. So the eighth day is a new beginning. This is from my notes on, on Numbers. And this was the day of the ref, for reflection on God's provision and setting for setting them free. And after the first and second temple were built, ceremony was celebrated in Jerusalem on the same place that Abraham offered up Isaac to God. And one author wrote about this festival, a generally joyous, general, the general joyous character of the feast broke out on this day with loud jubilation, proclaiming uh, particularly the solemn moment when the priest, as was done every day of this festival, brought forth a golden vessel, water from the stream of Shiloh, which means the sent one which flowed under the temple mountain and solemnly poured it upon the altar. So he took golden pitcher from water from Shiloh, poured it on the altar. Then the words of Isaiah 12, 3 were sung, With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So ecstatic was the joy with which the ceremony was performed, accompanied with loud the sound of loud trumpets. It used to be said, whoever was not witnessed, who had never not witnessed, had not witnessed that event, had never seen rejoicing. It was at this point that Jesus stood up in the crowd and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart shall pour rivers of living water, meaning, as John tells us, that the Holy Spirit would flow out of him. So the the water's being poured out on the altar. Everybody's rejoicing. And, and it is, which means the sent one, the water of Shiloh, and the sent one stands up and it says, I am the living water. I, if anyone thirsts, come after me. You got to love how the feasts bring us understanding of the Messiah, of Jesus, how they model for us so much about theology, how we're saved, his first and his second coming, and the way that we should approach God ourselves. So even though we're reading these chapters and we're going, a lot of animals, a lot of sacrifice, eighth day, okay, solemn feast. When you can continue to look, continue to dig and, um, and look into these things, you can be astonished and amazed at what God will show you. And he does. So let's move on to John 8 now, the adulterous woman. But Jesus went to the Temple Mount of Olives. Early in the spring, he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds of accusing him but jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground when they persisted in asking him he straightened up and said to them he who is without sin among you let him be the first to throw a stone at her again he stooped down and wrote on the ground when they heard it they began to go out one by one beginning with the older ones and he was left alone and the woman 
where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I came from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it. But I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said again to them, I go away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, Where I'm going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not recognize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I will always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him, The truth will make you free. Verse 31, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I've seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. 
This Abraham did not do. If you were doing the deeds of your father, they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not yet even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You have your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham, who died? The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar to you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So this issue of Abraham's greater. Jesus claimed victory over the demons. And for those Jews that were questioning Jesus right then, that yes, he was greater. Jesus was greater. And he was self-existent before Abraham was. And they were not understanding who he was. Let's continue on. March 25th, refreshing sleep. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Proverbs 3.24 Is the reader likely to be confined for a while to the bed of sickness? Let him go upstairs without distress with this promise upon his heart. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. When we go to bed at night, let this word smooth our pillow. We cannot guard ourselves in sleep, but the Lord will keep us through the night, though we lie down under the protection of the Lord, as secure as kings and queens in their palaces, and a great deal more so, if with our lying down there is a lying down of all the cares and ambitions, we shall get refreshment out of our beds, such as an anxious and covetous never find in theirs. Dreams shall be banished, or even if they come, we shall wipe out 
the impressions of them, knowing that they are only dreams. If we sleep thus, we shall do well. How sweetly Peter slept when even the angel's light did not wake him, and he needed a hard jog on his side to wake him up, and yet he was sentenced to die on the morrow. Thus have martyrs slept before their burning, so he giveth his beloved sleep. To have sweet sleep, we must have sweet lives, sweet tempers, sweet meditations, and sweet love. Hmm. Gotta love it. Sweet love, sweet um, everything that he's saying is really, really applicable to what we're going through with so much uh, anxiety in the world and the wars and people are having a hard time sleeping because they worry and they think it's, you know, the whole world's going to end and we are supposed to trust the Lord and let him take those worries away from us and give them over to him. And uh, we can. We just have to walk in faith. I'm not saying it's always easy, but we can. We yield those things over, trusting him. Father, thank you for this morning and blessing that's given us this time together. We think about the many, many blessings we have. Too numerous to even imagine, but we are facing many challenges and things that are um, indeed serious. We want to lift up Pastor Joe and ask him that, You just bless him as he goes to get uh, his surgery next week, that he be able to sleep and be able to be refreshed every morning and know that you have his back, that you are making all things new, that you're bringing him through this whole situation so that he can continue to serve you, not to slow him down, but to speed him up. So God, thank you for this uh, prognosis that the cancer is going to be eradicated, that it's going to be a... A, a surgery to just get out everything bad so that his body continue to function as you created it. So thank you for that. And we do uh, lift up Francisco in the hospital in Guadalajara as he's learning to, pay, to be patient and learning, God, what it is to trust you and pray that you give him sweet prayers and sweet sleep, that he spends his time with you and grows spiritually. God, that we feel the love of the brothers around, that everybody's praying for him. Thank you for for um, his daughter being there and ministering to him. Just bless his wife, Amadeo, as they're here taking care of the house as they wait for him. We want to bless the, as you bless upon the evangelism team as well. Uh, and hopefully they had a wonderful time last night, that it was fruitful for them, and that we could, uh, we want to pray for the, whatever conversations and tracks went out, that it be for your glory and for your kingdom. And finally, God, just a blessing upon the continued work there in Poland and in Ukraine as all these people are so in need of your help of medicine and food and supplies and housing and transportation. God, strengthen them, all that are working there. Pray for the for the um, salvation of lives, that, that you get people behind walls. Get, do not allow the innocent, especially God and children, to be slain. So we lift up everything that we are doing here, the church, uh, the mission, the the evangelism team, the discipleship, the youth group, God, for you, for your blessing, and ask continue to use us, but continue to refine us and build us up. Special blessing for the VBS getting going now for for all the organization that the the ladies have to do. God help them as they they need supernatural strength to put it all together and bring the right kids, God, just the right kids that you want there to be encouraged to be saved and strengthened in your word. So thank you, Father. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that should do it for now. There I am. So we'll see you guys tomorrow at the same time. Keep reading ahead if you want to. And uh, we will press on as we go through the book of Numbers. Keep looking up. Bye-bye.